What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today's guest is a very special guest. It's me, your boy, Truly. I was going to try to list off a bunch of shit that I could say about myself, and then I just felt really ignorant for doing that. But today's guest is myself, literally. So I usually don't do this, but we wanted to switch it up a little bit. I'm just going to be fully transparent with you guys. I am exhausted from how many interviews I've been doing, and we actually took a little bit of a break this last week um, from interviewing people. And it was actually kind of nice because I am interviewing somebody at least once, if not twice a week for this show. At least once, if not twice a week, for the membership site, which if you're not a part of the membership site, guys, the Elite is over the top. I'm putting so much information there. Go check it out. There's a link in the description below. And I am also doing interviews for other people's podcasts. So add that together. I'm at least doing three, sometimes more interviews per week, which they take a lot of time. I mean you got to sit down. you got to schedule it out. Um, usually you have small talk before and after the show because we want to connect to the people off air when we're recording. And then obviously you're on the air for a full hour recording too. So it's a, it's a time-consuming thing. It's a draining thing. It's a lot of talking, and it was nice to take a break from that for a week. Um, but I reached out to a good friend of mine, um, somebody who has recently started a podcast, and they, they aren't – They haven't been podcasting for a long time, but man, their lineup is sick. They've had some of the dopest guests, some people that I really look up to in the industry, and it's it's one of my go-to podcasts now um, to listen to for good quality fitness and nutrition information. That podcast is ran by Landon, and I'm sorry, bro, you're going to kill me even though you've said this a million times. Everybody knows I'm horrible with names, so I apologize in advance. Poberin? I think it's Poberin. Landon Poberin. He owns L2 Fitness, which is a gym in Alberta, Canada. Um, It's a sick gym, um, and he uh, runs an online coaching program, and he has the L2 Fitness Business Summit. He has a sick podcast, obviously, like I said, and he's starting to make a name for himself um, in the online space. And he's somebody that I really respect the industry because he's smart, and he has a long history of doing things the right way. Um, I actually interviewed him inside my membership site, um, and he's a part of the membership site. Um, I'm actually doing his training program design, which is really, really cool. Um, and... Uh, I interviewed him on lifestyle bodybuilding because he is somebody who has competed at some of the highest levels. He's coached a lot of people, and then he has done really well for himself, balancing it all, figuring out what really makes him happy while staying lean and muscular and having that bodybuilder physique still. So he's somebody I really respect, and he's putting out a ton of content. So I reached out to him naturally because he interviewed me for his podcast, and I was fired up about it. Like I came downstairs out of my office, and I told Shannon right away, my fiance, she always asked me, like, how'd that interview go? I was like, that one was fucking sick, and I was pumped about it because he asked the perfect questions. I mean, like, this was a chance for me to go in depth on my philosophy, talk about my expertise, talk about my experience, talk about the mission behind my team and what Boom Boom Performance is all about. And it was a really cool interview, and he just did really well asking me the perfect questions to really showcase my philosophy and what I do and why we are so passionate about what we do. Um, So after a little bit, I actually reached out to him, and I was like, yo, man, I would love it if you would let me put that on my podcast. I don't have an interview for next week, and out of all the interviews I've done over the last few weeks, which I actually did quite a bit recently – That was by far my favorite, and he was like, dude, I'm honored. I'm trying to grow this thing. So, guys, if you like my information, I promise you you'll love his. He brings really top-notch guests on, including yourself, uh, yours truly. Um, He brings top-notch guests on. His lineup is sick. You guys will enjoy it a lot, and I highly recommend you go check it out. Um, That is the L2 Fitness Business Podcast. I'm going to leave a link in the description to that. Um, And today you're going to hear his interview with me. So you're going to get a chance to get the inside scoop on Boom Boom Performance and what we're all about. So without any further ado, let's get on to the interview with myself. All right, Cody, I would uh, like to give you a warm welcome to the L2 Fitness and Business Podcast. It's been fantastic kind of been a- being able to kind of connect with you over the last while and kind of working with you on a personal basis, actually for the last little bit here as well, which has been been fantastic. So it's great to, to get you onto the podcast so we can kind of dig into, you know, health and nutrition a little bit more. Yeah, man, I'm excited to be here. I think this is uh, long overdue. I've been waiting to be able to connect with you, man. So I'm excited. Perfect. Perfect. So I would love to just kind of kick things off and kind of give all the listeners, you know, a little bit of insight into your journey, kind of where you started with and how that kind of brought you to where you are today. Okay. How deep do you want me to go? Do you want me to like go way back or? Uh, Let's go. Let's go with what's relevant, you know, and kind of, uh, well, and then we'll kind of 
paraphrase a little bit so it doesn't get too drug on. There you go. Okay. So long story short, man, I, I mean, I grew up the chubby kid and it took me a long time to get out of uh, an unhealthy lifestyle and find a better way of doing things, find a better way to be confident with my body, to feel good about who I was mentally, physically, emotionally, everything like that. So I've gone through a lot of different types of, I guess, coaching, you could say, um, physically, mentally, business-wise. Um, and it's been a long journey, but now I run a uh, solely online. I used to coach people in person um, for years and years in Seattle. Now it's all online. I have like one or two clients in person that I see periodically, but um, building a team. So I have nutrition coaches underneath me. I, uh, I still coach to this day because that's my passion. That's what I do most. Um, and then just provide a lot of free content. So my big thing, man, is like, how many platforms can I be on to help people get educated? I think that there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, and I mean, you and I both know this, um, especially through the bodybuilding world and everything. And, and I was, I did physique competitions in my past. Um, but just going over the years and hearing so much bullshit and trying to create a place where people could find good information. Like that was really my all time goal, to be honest, man. Like when I started this back in college, it was just a blog. I had no intentions of really well, online coaching wasn't even a thing back then. To me back then I was like, somehow I'm going to make something out of this. And right now I just want to help people. Right. Cause I was finding free information from T nation. Um, at the time, Nate green was a big writer in fitness. Um, Jason Frugia, um, even Dr. John Russ and Christian Thibodeau, some guys that I actually know personally now, which is awesome. Um, and I get a chance to talk to them and, and I'm actually going to hang out with Christian this weekend. Um, so reading those guys and seeing what they were doing, it just motivated me to be like, how can I create a website? How can I do this exact same thing to help somebody else? And, you know, in five years from now, maybe there's going to be an 18 year old kid that is overweight that was in the same situation as I was that will be able to learn from me and change his body and therefore really change his confidence, change his energy and change his life. So I kind of just went down that path of really trying to be a content provider, to be honest with you. And I had a mentor um, slash boss. He became my boss named Luca Hostovar in Seattle. And his whole thing was, man, if you want to go down that path and you want to create this platform, this hub, your best thing, the best thing that you could possibly do is really just coach as many people as possible. Just get as much experience helping people in person. So I basically would train all day and then just relay that into blogs and YouTube videos and different things I could do, seminars at the gym. And uh, after six years of doing that, the blog and online coaching started becoming a thing that was in my life. And it, it kind of grew and grew and grew until a point where it could take over my career, where I, I was at that point where I found out I was having a baby and I actually decided like, I'm going to go all in on this because I can't be marketing two things. I can't be doing two things. I can't be here in the morning, here at night and not spending any time with my family. So I actually left the gym to go all in on the uh, online side. And uh, it's just been growing ever since, man. And like I said, I'm building a team now. We have a team of five of us um, just trying to, some of the, that team is really just there to help me get out more content, to be honest with you, get out more free content and then have a couple coaches. I haven't announced one of my coaches yet, but she's starting uh, officially this week. So it's been a journey, man. And it's been all based on just providing free education, essentially. You know, that's, that's awesome. And I think that, you know, the, the working one-on-one -on -one with people is such an integral part to being able to coach people successfully. I just wrapped up a podcast with uh, Jonathan Goodman from the Personal Trainer Development Center, and we, we kind of chatted about the exact same thing, right? Like, you can't just go jump into, you know, working online with people. You need to kind of get your hands dirty, work in the trenches a little bit before you're going to be, you know, at a level where you can truly be able to kind of like read people, read in between the lines and those sorts of things. Dude, I 100% agree. And funny, I actually just recorded a podcast with him for my show a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I agree, man. I, I, I work with um, a few handfuls of people right now, mentoring them. And, and a lot of them want to build an online business. And I've had a few people approach me and say they want to start that. And I'm like, okay, where do you coach right now? And, and they're like, nowhere. Like, I want to get into it. And I'm like, you got to start there. You have to be in the trenches. You have to be with people one-on-one. -on -one. You have to understand what it's like to actually coach people through movements. So like one big component of my training programs is I fill the notes section with all cues and I film videos of me describing things. And if you don't work with people in person and see how they go through the movement patterns, what aches and pains and things may happen, um, what awkwardness may feel like, it's just not the same, man. I think that, and, and on top of that, just communication, there's nothing like being face to face with someone. So I a hundred percent agree. 
Awesome. Awesome. So I know that you've had, you've had quite the past, you've kind of gone through uh, a big transformation yourself uh, kind of as you grew up and kind of started to transition into uh, your, your passion for fitness. So I would love to kind of get your, your approach to dieting, your approach to nutrition. I know that you kind of have more of a kind of lifestyle approach to things, which is often neglected with uh, a lot of online coaches out there. So I'd love if you can kind of give us a, you know, just kind of like a bird's eye overview of your approach to uh, nutrition and dieting. Yeah, man, I, I really try to look at things like the best way I can describe it is almost like where science based meets uh, habitual. So it's kind of like, how can we take the science and, and we love getting entrenched in it because that's what we do. That's what we love studying. How can we make this actually applicable um, and maybe not even take all of it and just take one little piece of it so somebody can actually stick with it because adherence is the biggest thing. Um, I always kind of say like we're a mix between uh, like precision nutrition and IN3 where it's like we got to meet in the middle because sometimes just habits aren't enough. And, and I'll be honest, like a lot of my online clients, I do work uh, macros with most of them. But there's different ways of implementing those macros. There's different ways of actually avoiding those macros if we need to, too. Um, and I think I just try to take a more realistic approach. Like something I always say is lifestyle performance. And I believe in that flexibility with training, too. Like there's an optimal split. There's an optimal volume and intensity and, and program and percentage and all of these things. But can you consistently do that? Maybe not. So what can we take from it? What can we make a little bit more fun, a little bit more relaxed? Um, you know, like I'm not a big fan of running, for example, I don't think it's very good for your joints, all these things, but I have some clients that love running. So I have to implement running because that's what's going to keep them moving. And I think that's what we really, really try to focus on. So coming from my past where, you know, when I first started trying to lose weight, I actually tried to avoid all that stuff because I'd never been to the gym. So I actually started with this. Uh, and I don't know if they had this up in uh, Canada. It's called HCG droplets. Oh, yeah. droplets. So I, I did that. That was my first like weight loss attempt and you eat like 500 calories a day and I lost a ton of weight. And then I was like, okay, now I can go back to normal and I gained all that back. <laughs> so that didn't work. And then I went, um, I think I just picked up a men's health magazine and I followed that diet. And then I started training a little bit and then I tried uh, a paleo. I tried an elimination protocol, intermittent fasting, um, low carbs, plenty of times. I've tried everything. I've done a bodybuilding show at a very, very strict regimented routine. Um, I've done photo shoots in a really flexible manner with trying to push the flexibility as much as I can. And because I've done all these things over the years, it allowed me to really kind of pull from everything, almost like a hybrid approach, right? And, and I think that's what leads to lifestyle, nutrition, lifestyle adherence is what is good in paleo? What is good in keto? What is good in, if it fits your macros, what is good in intermittent fasting? How can we use these things at different times throughout the year so this person can actually stick to the diet long term and actually continually see results. Um, so I don't know if that completely answers the question, but I guess that what I'm saying is like my vision of what we do as a brand is taking all this science and all this noise and being able to quiet down for that individual so it makes sense for them. Yeah, no, no, I love it. I love it. I think, you know, one of the things I like to say is kind of like the truth is usually in the middle. You know, there's going to be extremes to both sides. And what is usually going to be most applicable to the majority of people is going to be kind of somewhere, somewhere along the lines of the middle and the, the personal experience, you know, pays dividends because you've been there, done that, you've tried those things, you know, how it feels. And it's actually something, uh, a friend of mine, Alex, you just had him on, on your show. And uh, he's actually going through that himself right now, purposely putting on 20 pounds you know, kind of combating some fears. And now he's going to be able to kind of live that and be more relatable for the people he's working with. 100%. And I actually haven't had him on the show yet. But I know, obviously, who you're talking about, because we're good friends, too. And I think it's important, man, I've done. Um, I mean, I actually so I'm not a CrossFitter by any means, I naturally tend to kind of float towards that strength and bodybuilding. I, I really like power building. I love like getting a pump like that's and, and because of that, I'm going to program it more because it allows me to adhere and, and going into like, I don't know if you're familiar with Christian Thibodeau's uh, neurotyping, but it's a really, really interesting system of how we can dial things in for the individual um, themselves. And for me, it makes sense. Like I like routine. I like the higher rep range. I like feeling the muscle versus what was lifted on the bar and writing that on paper. Um, but going through those processes, like you said, is huge. And that's why like a while back, I actually jumped into CrossFit because I kept getting questions on my podcast about what my thoughts were and what are the negatives, what are the pros? And then CrossFitters coming to me for nutrition. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just jump in. I did 120 days. I think I said I was going to do 90, but I did longer. I did four months. And I actually liked it. It was fun. Um, but I also had a, a, a national level 
Olympic lifter running the classes. So it was really, really well. Like he wouldn't let me go overboard on anything. So I didn't get injured or anything like that. Um, but it was cool because I got to put myself in the trenches and it helped me relate to the clients that were coming to me for that manner or for the bodybuilding style clients that were asking me, what's up with this CrossFit stuff? Cause some of these guys are jacked. Should I be doing that? And it's like, well, not necessarily. So totally agree. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And I think, uh, you know, when it comes to a lot of that kind of stuff, there's kind of the, the two sides where it is, you know, the, the aesthetic side, and then you've got kind of the, the more lifestyle general population side. And I think that they, they lend two quite different approaches. So when it comes to speaking about that kind of like how, how strict do you think you need to be when it comes to somebody who is kind of dieting for kind of just like general health, weight loss, feel good. They're not trying to step on stage, do any shows. How strict do you think they need to be when it comes to kind of like a traditional weight loss plan? You know, I think, I think it really depends on, it really depends on how goal, how hard they want to go towards their goal. And like you kind of already alluded to that, like this is, we're not talking about somebody who's going to get on stage or be at a photo shoot, but just to kind of set the context, I always like to have like a really realistic discussion of goal setting before we do anything, because I think a lot of people look at health differently than what it is. Um, in fact, having a little body fat is actually really healthy for you. So sometimes when you see the guy on Instagram who's shredded and who's smiling and the skin looks perfect, his teeth are white, like that's not always super, super healthy, right? Um, so having a realistic conversation is always my first step to make sure that we are going down the right path and they understand the outcome and what it needs to be. But man, I'm a big fan of creating a relationship with food where you actually enjoy, I'm going to say clean, but which is a bad word, clean food, but like really healthy food. Like I want my clients to want to eat vegetables and fruit and lean meats and, and fat meats and fish and all these things that are actually really, really good for us. Um, and kind of take an 80, 20 or a 90, 10 approach, depending on the individual. Now we know that certain people, I have certain people who have autoimmune diseases and they are just chasing health. They don't really care what their abs look like, but for them, we have to really, really be on that 90%, maybe even closer to 95 plus because if they fall out of that, they have extremely bad gut health discomfort. Um, I have somebody with, I actually myself have eczema too, so I have to watch some things, but I have somebody with very severe eczema. And if we don't stay clear of every gluten or grain in sight, then she's going to flare up. And that's, you know, embarrassment, that's lack of confidence, that's she's going to skip the gym now. So I think there's a fine line and it really comes down to the individuality. But I think in general, if somebody comes to me and they don't have any autoimmune issues, they don't have any intolerances, they do have an aesthetic goal, but it's not like crazy. Like I don't need to be shredded. I just want to get a little leaner, feel better about myself. I'm actually really flexible, man. You want to drink a couple nights a week? Cool. Let's fit it into your calories or like close enough to your calories, right? Let's practice some intermittent fasting on the weekends to save calories for those things. Um, and I think if we can teach people how to, and this is why I actually like macros. If we can teach people how to fit it into their budget, I actually find a lot of times it avoids binges. So some people will say, you know, macros are probably not the right answer because if we get too meticulous with these numbers, it might create bad relationships with food. But I actually tend to see the opposite. I stayed away from macros in the beginning of my career because I thought that, but I noticed the more I leaned towards macros and taught people, you know, this is like a financial budget. If I gave you $200,000 on January 1st, and that was like your yearly budget, and you went out and bought like an Audi R8 that was $178,000 day one, it's probably going to screw you over for the year for your bills and everything. So I tell people like, you know, if I give you 200 grams of carbs and you eat 178 grams of carbs on a pancake stack in the morning, you're kind of screwing yourself over for the day. So let's look at it like one pancake stack so you can save 93 calorie or carbs for the day and you can probably get by on that. And if you want to do that once a week, by all means do it. Um, now, if we get too carried away, obviously we have to kind of look at different factors. But um, for the most part, man, I think most people take it too far, too seriously in one way or the other. And you, you said it best, there's a balance. Some people try to be overly flexible. And I think that's just as poor of a relationship with food as being overly restrictive where you're not having anything at all. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more because I know you've, you've come up with a few posts where you talk about, you know, you do promote you know, the, the old adage of eating clean, which is kind of frowned upon in a lot of, a lot of walks right now, but it's so true. And even like the, the 80, 20, 90, 10, that doesn't always necessarily have to refer to adhering to their calories. So just like you said, you know, you have a, a client that is just focusing on health, you know, then that 
80, 20, 90, 10 might not be referring to their caloric intake, but it's going to be referring to their food quality. So it's like we want to stick to, you know, higher quality foods more often, not necessarily, you know, 90% of your, you know, your calories, but it's just going to be depending on the individual, you know, that that sliding scale is going to depend on what you're tracking. Maybe it has a little bit more flexibility with, you know, having a free meal like myself and somebody it's going to be a little bit more flexibility with fitting in certain foods and different things like that. Yeah. And, and there's just, there's periodization for it, right? Like right now for me, I'm getting ready for a photo shoot. So I don't really have any free meals. If I am going to have something different, I'm going to make sure it fits. But before, or when I'm not in like really serious focus to like look a certain way in front of a camera, man, like we have like Wednesday date night, Saturday date night, like wine Wednesday, whatever. We always have at least one or two nights a week where I'm like, okay, let's put the tracker away. And, and when you track over time, like I have, you kind of become more intuitive anyway, where I know, okay, she's cooking a fatty meal. We're going to have some wine tonight. So I'm probably going to like have egg whites this morning instead of whole eggs, like whole eggs are healthy. I'm not saying they're not, but I'm going to save some calories so I can do it at night. Um, so I kind of look at it like that. And then also, and I think I'm stealing this from probably um, Eric Helms, who you just had, or somebody from the 3DMJ crew, I'm sure I'm stealing this from, but because they kind of created that, uh, the pyramid of awareness or whatever, which is brilliant. Um, but kind of looking at things like a checklist, right? Like, so if we're going to be more flexible and we're going to fit in these things, like, let's just look at the checklist. Did you get some like healthy fats, like omega threes? Did you hit your fiber intake? Did you get at least two servings up to four servings of greens? Did you get a serving of fruit? Like if you're knocking these things out, you got your protein intake. If you can still fit in some junk, it doesn't, it's not going to really affect you negatively because you got all the things you need to get in. Um, and you're probably only going to have enough room to fit enough junk into where you can maintain your calories, whether you're tracking or not. So I tend to look at things as uh, as a checklist for my clients as well. Yeah, no, I love it. And I think, I think in the pyramids, he refers to kind of like a, you know, like a, a good, better and best scale in terms of your tracking. And it's like plus minus five grams. And then it's like, you know, hitting protein and calories and then just hitting calories. And it's so true. And I I think it's also a mindset thing. So going good, better, best, as opposed to good or bad, you know, so just making people realize that, okay, well, you just hit your, your protein and your calories for the day instead of all three macros, which that's still great. Like it's not bad. So trying to shift people out of that mindset. And I think that, that's something that a lot of kind of like traditional plans or kind of like, you know, quote unquote fad diets don't address is kind of some of these intangibles when it comes to this whole journey for people. It's not just about weight loss. It's about, you know, their outlook on, you know, kind of like health as a whole. And I think that sometimes just like terminology can be enough to kind of shift somebody's mentality and kind of that educational side of things. Absolutely. Even like, so like looking at the good, better, best, I like to look at things of, um, almost like the, uh, how do I want to say this? Like which way you're implementing these habits? Cause even if, whether we're talking about tracking calories or not, like if, if you give a client six things to do this week and they lock down five, that's a huge success because week the week, uh, last week they were doing zero. Right? That's five new things they're implementing that are going to create more health, more habits, uh, better body, whatever they're striving for. But in their mindset, they actually just failed you because you asked them for six and they got five. So I really, really like to take a, a precision nutrition, behavioral habit style approach for a lot of what I do anyway, week by week, we're adding like one to two things max, even if the person's like, I can handle more. And I'm like, great, if you can do it, but like, all I really need you to do is these two things. Um, and I find a lot more adherence, a lot better long-term success, because again, it doesn't create that negative mindset of I failed or I messed up or I'm not doing right. Because even if they did one thing, right, they're actually doing better than they were before. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, uh, when you start to dive into kind of like how the brain works and like dopamine and positive reward loops, it's, really, really fascinating when you can kind of see that, like the scientific backing behind implementing things like that. Like, you know, that's an area that I really want to kind of like really dig into because I find it absolutely fascinating. But, uh, you know, with that mindset portion, um, I know something that you do with all of your clients is really dig into biofeedback. 
So I'd kind of love for you to kind of go over some of the biofeedback markers that you do track and kind of why that is important to consider when you are dieting. Yeah. So I, uh, so I track multiple things either weekly or daily. It really depends on the client kind of going back to what habits can they follow? Some clients only have a weekly update form. Some clients have a daily tracker where we can look at these things every day. It really just depends on where I feel like that person's at and what they can handle. Cause as you can imagine, if day one, I'm like, all right, here's your macros, here's your training program. Here's your daily tracker. Here's your weekly tracker that I need you to summarize everything in the daily tracker for Like they're like, Whoa. So sometimes, and I usually slowly get into that anyway. I rarely ever just give people the daily tracker right away. Um, but on the daily tracker, what I'm looking at is hours of sleep, uh, and fatigue first and foremost, because that's, what's going to determine, especially if I'm doing people's training programs, which I do for a lot of my clients, that's, what's going to determine, okay, do we need a deload? Do I want to tell them to lighten up the loads a little bit? Do I want to tell them to drop intensity, lower the RPE scale on the program, whatever it may be? Um, because I have a system set up where I can actually see their stuff daily, whether they know it or not which allows me to look at it and be like, okay, they need to lighten the load today. They need to chill out because they only got four hours of sleep. And then just teaching that, them that over time because I think, I think people need to earn their training intensity through their hours of sleep. If you're not sleeping enough, you're just digging yourself a bigger hole by training really hard. So first and foremost, those two things I'm looking at. Um, and then obviously when we look at daily macros, we can correlate to those things, right? Like if they were way off on their macros and they're fatigued and not sleeping well, we might be able to correlate those things together. Um, another thing on the daily tracker is motivation. I think this is a biofeedback marker that, um, and biofeedback is getting a lot more popular in the coaching world. I feel like it's not talked about enough. I don't think enough people focus on just daily motivation. Like how fired up are your clients to actually do the work they need to do? So this is something I added recently um, and they can actually show a lot psychologically, if you're fully recovered, you actually should be very motivated to hit the gym. And one of the earliest signs of knowing you need to deload, you need to drop intensity, you need to maybe have a diet break is actually a big drop in psychological motivation or just excitement or enthusiasm to go to the gym, to work out, to eat healthy, whatever it may be. Um, and it can be really helpful to plan a two day, even a two day refeed, right? Around someone's motivation and deals and stuff to avoid any binges or falling off that is to come in the future. Um, so that's a big one. Um, another one I look at for daily, um, is performance. And I think that's pretty much it. So just basically we're touching on performance. How well did you perform the day before? Where are your macros at? Um, where's your motivation at? How much sleep did you get? And are you fatigued at all? If I can see all those for some people, if they have any gut health issues, I'll put digestion as well. Cause I want to make sure on a regular basis, things are going well. Um, and that's the beauty of, uh, um, biofeedback is I can tweak it depending on the person. If somebody is constantly stressed out and we're working on mindset habits, I'll put stress in there or anxiety in there because I want to make sure that they're accountable and self-aware of what they're doing in their life. That's affecting those things on a weekly basis. I have my clients update a lot more. So all of those things, plus we're going to look at uh, mood. So if they're having mood swings, I want to know about that. Um, cravings, if they're having crazy cravings, um, hunger is something that I will do on a weekly basis, sometimes on a daily basis too. Um, and I think that one is funny because in one sense, it's not a bad thing to be hungry because sometimes that's just part of a diet, right? And, uh, and also sometimes if people are not hungry, that's actually a negative thing because it tells me their metabolism might not be working as fast as I want them to, it to be. So on a reverse diet, I'm actually looking for that number to start going up and I'll be tracking that on a daily basis. Um, so mood, cravings, hunger, performance, motivation, fatigue, um, depending on the relationship I have with the client, sex drive is a really important one <clears throat> to make sure they're not overly fatigued hormonally. They're not in a bad place. Uh, if we're reverse dieting, that's a really important biofeedback marker to look at. Um, but obviously it can be a weird thing to talk about with some people. So I don't always put sex drive on there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then other than that, man, I actually look at what went well what you could improve on and how I can help you more every single day. So I count that in biofeedback as well, because I think it's important for people to reflect um, on what they did in the week that did go well and positive. Cause then we can double down and repeat that. Um, if they needed to improve anything, what is that and how can we do that? And if we don't think about those things, then we might just go on without knowing what we could do better. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think that, uh, I think the motivation one's fantastic. You know, speaking from experience, I just got back from a weekend in Vegas. So the last couple of days, my motivation has been shit. Like I have not wanted to train. And it's just like you were saying, that's a clear sign that I'm sleep deprived. I need to get some healthy food in my body. But uh, another one that 
you know, I hold dear to my heart is just kind of like weekly wins. Um, that's something that we started implementing with our clients as well. And even like our team. So we own a gym, we have a team of eight and when we, we sit down for a team meeting, like we go around in a circle and it's like, what was your win for the week? You know, I jump on the, the phone with a client and it's like, all right, you know, what went well this week? What was your win? And it's like, people always want to lead with the negative, but we need to kind of like trick people into being more positive because they have no idea how big of an impact that's going to have on kind of like their overall well-being. 100% agree. I think that, I think it's really, really, I actually, so I have one that I use with my mentor clients. Um, they fill out something called positive focus. And then at the end there's gratitude and then there's victory of the day. And it's the same thing. Like pick one thing. It could be a compliment somebody gave you. You woke up feeling more energetic, just anything. But I think for coaches and entrepreneurs, that's even, and moms, because all these people that I'm talking about right now, they spend their lives giving their energy to everybody else, right? And, uh, and I'm learning this firsthand now that I am a father um, and an entrepreneur and I support the family. Like everything I do is to make sure that my clients are good, my family is good, my fiance is good, everybody's good. But very rarely would I remember to stop and appreciate myself, talk about my own wins, create space for myself, meditate for myself. So I think victory of the day or victory of the week is one of those things, man. Like celebrate something that you did that, that felt good, that you can win. And then you don't just ignore it. It's kind of like that whole saying of like stop and smell the roses, right? I think what I used to do, I'll speak for myself as an entrepreneur, is I would set like a major goal. And as I was approaching that goal, I would actually set the next goal because I'd be excited for the next, like we always do them in 90 day increments. I'd get excited for the next 90 day goal. And when I hit this goal, I wouldn't even celebrate it because I'm already thinking about the next thing and it would depreciate the value of everything I've worked so hard for. So what I started doing is I would actually like book trips for me and my fiance. I would like do massages for us. I would do anything I could to force myself into celebrating a win. Um, and I preach that to clients too, because I think it's super important to stop and smell the roses, appreciate what you're doing, celebrate your wins, reward yourself at times. Um, obviously that doesn't always mean like our minds go to food and stuff, but um, whatever it may be. Um, but I think it's super, super important, man. And I'm, I'm a big fan of the victory of the day or week as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. We uh, like personally, we use Michael Hyatt's full focus planner. So at the bottom of every target you set, it's got a section for you to enter the reward. So it's like, you know, it might be like, you know, going to a movie or like a big goal might be going on a trip and same thing. Like I love implementing that with clients, like, and it's not something that's always there, but it might be like, you know, I have a client that just smashed it this week, made some big progress. And then I'm like, I want you to go do something non-food related that you just really enjoy this weekend, like go on a date night with your wife or something. And it's really funny how often you find people that are just completely stumped. They're like, like do something for myself and they, they can't even think about what they want to do. And, you know, my wife and I, we went through the same sort of thing. We did, uh, I think Luca Hosovar posted about it was creating a happiness list. And it's like, you know, write down 10 things that you do that make you happy and 10 people that you enjoy spending time with that makes you happy. And it's like, I couldn't write down 10 things. I think I got like three and as you start to realize that we're just not doing stuff that makes us happy on a day-to-day -day basis and we need to start doing more of that stuff. It's crazy, man. It's, it's, I had a big, it was last year in 2017, um, probably halfway through, I was at a retreat, not a retreat, but like a quarterly event, kind of like what you were just in with my, my uh, mentor last year. And we're all, it was like, there was like 10 of us that were in this group, all fitness professional males. And he did the same. He's like, so like, I want to go around and talk about like fun and blah, blah, blah. He's like, so Cody, what are your hobbies? And I was like, uh, training. And he was like, no, that's your job. What's your hobbies? I know you love your job, but what are your hobbies? And I was just like, man, I don't play soccer anymore. I don't skateboard anymore. I don't go hike like I used to. I don't go camping like I used to. Like all these things I used to love as a kid, um, even for some people like video games. And I was like, yeah, but like, I'm an adult now, man. Like I run a business. And he was like, why can't you have fun? Like, that's, that's insane, dude. He's like, you die the minute you stop having fun. It was just such a big light check to me. So I actually make a huge point. I actually talked to you about this recently, like creating space for me is, is just that like once a week, I actually put it in my planner with everything. Like, what am I going to do for fun? I actually require my mentor clients to do this too. Like they have a key four. So it's like four things where they have a key five, four things that are going to level up their business and then one thing for fun for themselves. And I force them to schedule it out. So for me, it could be like linking up with my brother and going skateboarding or taking the family somewhere fun. Um, usually I try to do it a, like not necessarily alone, but for me, not for somebody else. Um, Cause you can get carried away and actually doing something for somebody else. They can have fun. It's not the same, but 
man, I think it's so, I think it's so important. And if everybody listening to this can like make that happiness list, or even just like write down your top five current hobbies, you'll be probably be stumped and it'll probably teach you a lesson of like what you need to probably prioritize in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I'd love to know is, you know, as you're working with your clients, reviewing check-ins, uh, reviewing kind of biofeedback, what, what might be some of the kind of unorthodox things that you might like implement with a client? So let's say, you know, they come back and, you know, the stress is really high. They're not sleeping well. Some changes that you might have them do that are like completely unrelated to food, but just kind of starting to target some of those intangible things that we know are going to impact their overall well-being. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm known for this, but I've, I've worked with a lot of clients where they know I will do everything I possibly can to get them results without touching calories. Because as you and I both know, if we want to lose weight, lose fat, or whatever our goal is, if we want to, specifically aesthetics when we're trying to cut, if we want to get there and we want to maintain muscle mass, maintain health, maintain hormonal, like we want to keep as many calories as we can. So I'm, and people sign up with me, they know it's a longevity based program. Um, so, and even if even food related things like, okay, let's really like quote unquote, clean up your diet. And like, let's start focusing on fiber and micronutrients and in different colors and variety. And sometimes that will break plateaus without even touching calories. Um, there's not a lot of data to back it up, unfortunately, but I have seen it plenty of times. Um, having fun is another one of those things. Um, I just talked to I actually have a client who is a, um, they're trying to get to the, the big times of jujitsu. She's a female. She's a badass in San Diego. And uh, we're kind of at a plateau and she needs to be a little bit lighter for, uh, for her weigh-ins. But at the same time, we need a reverse dieter. So we're not cutting calories and stuff. And fun was one of those things. I was like, you coach jujitsu, you train jujitsu, you train in the gym, you meal prep, you like, you're doing all these things. Like, what do you do for fun? So I actually forced her to go have fun. Stress reduction helps quite a bit. I told her to go enjoy ice cream or something. Like, I was like, if you really need to fit in your calories, do it. But I promise you, you need stress release, which is going to be a big thing. Uh, meditation is another really big thing for people who have anxiety. Um, anxiety leads to stress, um, overwhelm. Obviously, you're going to be running around chaotically. It's going to mess with a lot of different things, um, hormonally, neurologically, and just the lifestyle, right? Um, so meditation is a big one. And I actually have a, a full PDF breakdown of how I recommend clients to, to meditate. So they, cause a lot of times you tell somebody to meditate and it's like, okay, dude, I can't sit, you know, cross leg in the middle of the floor and not think of anything. And it's like, well, the point of meditation isn't to actually completely blank out your mind. It's just to distract your mind from negative thoughts. So creating positive mantras for them to run in their head while they meditate that's a big one. Um, the journaling is a very big one. Just writing down things every single morning. Um, general movement through whether that's standing more or just like neat essentially. But to them, I'm just like, hey, let's just get you moving more. Get more fluid in your joints. Walk at your lunch break, whatever it may be. Um, but I would honestly say the biggest one I see is going to be stress relief. And that could be, and I should add sleep as well. Sleep is a big thing. Just making sure we optimize that. But one of the biggest things I see is if people are stuck and I'm trying to do an unorthodox way to break through a plateau or just help people out, it's almost always related to having fun, stressing less, um, creating flexibility in other areas of their life so they don't, aren't like a robot through their day-to-day -day habits. Do you find that any of those are a little bit harder for some people to implement than others? 100%. That the jujitsu person is a great example of it. Super well disciplined, very, very routine and rigid. And, and she finds joy in jujitsu and training. So I can't tell her that those aren't her hobbies or those aren't fun to her. Um, but somebody like that is it, it can be difficult for them to implement these things or not be 100% strict because they feel guilty. Um, and it's and it's sad, but that's the type of relationships we get with things. And, and I'm guilty of it too. Um, eating something bad and it fitting in your calories, but then you feel guilty about it. Um, and I remember, uh, and I, I'm really good about, I've tried to really build a really healthy relationship with food now, but I remember times where I would do extra cardio the next day, or I would intermittent fast the next day or do whatever I could because I went over my calories or I splurge or I had a couple beers with my friends, which was a memory I probably would have never been able to re-experience. So I'm so glad I did it. But Back then, I was in a negative relationship with caloric expenditure and things like that. And I think the same thing applies for these unorthodox practices like stress management. So for me, I would go skateboard and then I would feel guilty afterwards because I could have been doing work or could have been talking or creating leads or doing something for my business or helping a client or anything like that. But in reality, we need that time. It's like the whole airplane thing, right? Like 
put your mask on first so you can help others. Um, and I think guilt is the reason. I think a lot of people feel guilty after they do it, which is not correct, but it's just a natural habit of where our mind goes. Um, so yeah, man, I think it can be super, super difficult, but that's where for me, one of the most important aspects of, um, coaching and an individualized program is accountability. So I have some clients where I'm like, Hey, I want you to email me every single day. I want you to shoot me a picture of you in the gym every single day. I want you to send me your time blocks for the week. Like in, it's not that I'm going to give them some strategic plan. It's because they have to report back. They have me checking in. We're going to talk about it. They know that there's that support. And I think that goes a long way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I agree. There's, there's some people that can implement everything with kind of relative ease. And then one thing that I've found is uh, working on sleep, I've found to be a little bit more difficult than some of the other changes for people. Because when you kind of think of, you know, like habit change and trying to change, you know, one or two things at a time, when it goes to changing sleep, it's usually changing like six of their habits, because they got to, you know, get to bed earlier, which means they have to wrap up what they were doing before earlier. It might mean watching Netflix for less time, using their phone for less time, having to adjust the time they eat dinner, you know, not seeing friends on certain nights. And I find that that one can, can be quite difficult for people to, to try if they have kind of like certain types of jobs where they're working super late and they're still trying to maximize time with their friends. That's one that I've found uh, to be a little bit more difficult. Do you kind of have any, any tips there on kind of improving sleep? Yeah, it's it's one of those things, man. It's it's not sexy. You know what I mean? If I'm like, hey, we're going to implement carb cycling. It's like, oh, yes, like I'll do it. Um, but I think, with, I think with sleep, there's a couple ways I approach it. First and foremost, if, it, if, I have, if I look at a client and there's eight things that I know we could change that would help their results and sleep is one of them, I might pick sleep last, even though arguably it might be the most important. But like you said, adherence is the most important thing. So if I know that we can cut out these little things first and then we'll wait till sleep until I'm like, Hey, we've used all the tools on our tool belt. Like this is all that's left and it makes a huge difference. Um, that's one strategy I will use is I will just use it last to be honest with you. Another thing is just education, right? Education builds consistency with clients. I mean, it's the same thing with any of us. Like if I tell you to do something, but I don't explain why you're probably not going to want to do it because it doesn't make sense. So for me, I'm like, Hey, like let's re let's visit sleep. Like, why is it important? What is it doing to, for guys, like what does it do to your testosterone when you sleep four to five hours a night for four days? It does quite a bit to lower those levels, which is pretty insane. Um, I'll send them podcasts or articles or like the Joe Rogan podcast was great with that sleep science. I don't know if you listen to that, but um, send them a book, like do something that helps them educate so they can, instead of me barking orders, it's like, Hey, like this is just a thought. Let's educate you on this so you can understand why sleep is important, what it could possibly do for you. Um, and then last, and this is something I'm going through with a guy. I worked with a guy, um, actually I used to like years ago and he came back and we're training again and he still has the same big issue of getting through a plateau and it's sleep. He never sleeps longer than five hours. So I didn't go, Hey, like eight to nine hours is optimal. You're going to be a monster. If you do that, like, let's, let's do that right away. It was like, Hey, could you get six and a half hours one night a week? Yeah. Okay, cool. How about on the weekend? Can we do both days on the weekend now after a week of compliance? It's like, yeah, I could do that because I don't have to be up for work. I'm like, okay, cool. Six and a half hours. That's all I want. A couple weeks later, what day during the week could you get six and a half hours? And we're just chopping the days that we're still not even at a full week of six and a half hours. But so far, that's three extra hours of sleep per week. Soon it'll be four, then five. And then eventually we'll move those weekends to seven and a half, right? And then we'll slowly get to seven across the week. Um, so again, it comes back to that slow process of like, one, I'm educating people. Two, I'm using other tools in my tool belt if they're not going to be able to sleep well uh, or if they're not going to be at, like consistently adhering to more sleep. And then three is like, let's just do it one day at a time, one hour at a time, anything. Because with sleep studies, you'll notice too, is like e even if somebody like, yes, seven and nine is optimal, but if somebody's sleeping four, if you gave them four and a half, it would make a difference, right? So we can start small with that and build on it. No, I think that's fantastic. Just kind of chipping away. And I also kind of like the idea of tackling it last because, you know, we know that when people start making kind of like healthy changes in their lifestyle, that there's kind of like a, a catalyst where they start making better choices in other places. Just like a lot of people start working out and then they start eating better kind of subconsciously. So I think that, you know, you start tackling all these other things and then, you know, they start either sleeping better as a byproduct or starting to want more sleep because they start to feel kind of the effects it's having on them now that they're actually starting to get healthy. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And that goes across the board. Like um, a good example of that is I had a client who they signed up with me. We're doing training and nutrition and right off the gate, they want to do macros because they see my Instagram and they see me talk about stuff and they're like, macros are probably the best way to go. And I'm like, they're great. So, but like right now let's just track, let's just track your nutrition see what happens. And I didn't prescribe macros for like two or three months because they were losing weight. And what was happening is they were tracking, they were becoming more aware of the food and alcohol that they were over consuming. And they slowly chipped away naturally because they knew I was looking at their MyFitnessPal. So it, it, it can definitely have a catalyst or a domino effect. And sometimes you don't need, necessarily need to do that one thing. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think that's where you've done a great job because you've been putting out content for so long. So people are going to be very familiar with your methods when they come to work with you because a lot of it comes down to education, right? Like people aren't paying you to adjust their calories on a weekly basis. They're paying you to get X, Y, Z result. And if you can get them that result with literally changing nothing for a period of six weeks, sometimes people don't feel like they're getting a value if they haven't been educated on that actual process. So I think that's where, you know, it's so important to put out information so people are aware of what's important and then educating them when they come into, you know, work with you because it's, you know, we're going to make changes as needed or it's like, okay, we're going to work on your sleep. And they're like, yeah, but I want to lose weight. And like you just having that, that, uh, that expectation, you don't want that expectation to be that they're going to be losing weight rapidly or getting changes every single week. Yeah. I actually try really hard to, uh, to sell accountability because I think that a lot of the times, like, cause I got to tell people too. And that like, this goes back to education is like, why would we tweak something if we don't need to like, don't fix it if it's not broken. Like too many people are like, all right, here's my update. And I'm like, that's a great week. You dropped weight. Like everything's going good. Okay. Are we tweaking anything? And I'm like, no, why would we? But people want like you to adjust their macros. Every week. And it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, man, like we can, and this is what um, I learned this from Steve Krebs who mentored me all of last year. And he literally like his whole pitch was like, I'm, I'm going to hold you brutally accountable until you become the best version of yourself. I'm not going to give you crazy tactics. I was just like kind of sales tactic is that, but it sucked me in. I worked with him for a full year, invested a lot of money on coaching with him. And he changed my life, not just my business, which grew exponentially in 2017, but my relationships, my outlook on health and fitness and my own personal well-being, And it was all because he was holding me accountable of like little tiny actions that I needed to take in every area of my life. And that's the same exact thing with nutrition coaching. Like clients need to take actions and we need to hold them accountable more than anything. And if that's one action per six months, even better than seven actions per six months, right? Because now we're doing less to get more. Um, And I think more people need to understand that and and kind of going off like the content thing that, that you mentioned piece of advice for any coach listening. Um, and I don't know if we are going to go in down this rabbit hole, but I think that more and more coaches need to be ready for the long game of content. And I think what allows my business to grow now and to be successful now is because I've been putting out so much content for so long. People have gained my trust. They know I love what I do. They know I care about my clients. They know we get results. So when we talk to them on the phone, it's not really like a, like I'm never pitching or trying to convince anybody because they're like, I know what you do. And I'm like, cool, let's spend this time on the phone talking about how we're going to get you to where you want to be. Like, that's all that really matters. Um, and that's because I've committed to, I don't care how long it takes me to do this. Like, this is what I love to do and I'm going to do it forever. And I think more people just need to have that long, that longevity based mindset. Totally. Totally. It, uh, too many people are too, you know, caught up with the fad of, of being an entrepreneur, they're caught up with the fad of online training and trying to make a lot of money. And it's, you know, I, I try and tell people I'm like, personal trainers don't make a lot of money. Like, it's just like, it's not a profession you go into if you're like looking to be loaded. But you know, that's a that, that's for another podcast where we talk about the business side of things. But yeah. you're you're totally right. Like it's, they're hiring accountability it's, it's an accountability coach. Yeah. You want somebody that's knowledgeable and knows where to make tweaks and changes. But at the end of the day, you know, this, this stuff isn't sexy. The stuff that works is sticking to it. Like that's what works. It's doesn't matter if it's keto or paleo or whatever They're as soon as they start dishing out money, that's when they're actually going to start to give a shit about the process. And, you know, it doesn't matter the tactics that are used. And it's the same thing with, you know, hiring a business coach, you know, it's, you knew most of what you needed to do, but you needed to do something that was actually going to make you follow through with that plan. Yeah. And it's, it's dude, like 
if, if somebody, and actually I did this exercise before, like list out 10 things that you need to improve in your business. And I could right there, need to improve this, need to add this, need to think about this months go by. You don't do shit. But when you see money come out of your account to a business coach, to a mentor, to a mastermind program, it's accountability, man. They actually did a cool study and I can't remember what they were doing in the study. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't fitness, but basically there was like two groups and they had to be educated on something. They had to be held accountable. Essentially one group got the, got the system for free. One group had to pay a dollar. It was like a four week trial. Everybody in the $1 group got significantly better results because they had skin in the game. It was $1 and there's probably a lot of people in there that are like, whatever, it's a dollar, but it was their dollar and that's accountability. So I think that that alone, and that's just, dude, like even if, cause I could look at this like, um, so right now Jason Theobald is getting me prepped for this photo shoot. If you would have asked me, like I knew, like I reverse dieted, uh, I actually planned it really well. I did like a lean gain reverse diet while my fiance was pregnant. So win, win, we all got to eat more. Um, and I trained pretty hard and, and I built some muscle and I actually got my carbs up super high. I felt really great. And at that point I could easily tell you like, this is exactly what I need to do to get ready for the photo shoot. I know when it is, I know how to do this, like the back of my hand. Um, but I was like, there's no way in hell I'm doing this alone. I'm just going to hire somebody. And half the time I update him knowing what he's going to adjust and he adjusts it. And I'm accountable because I'm paying him and it's an outside perspective. Um, and sometimes it helps to have an unbiased eye, obviously, when they can see certain things, especially when you're sending posing photos and stuff and you can, you might not see cuts and lines the same way they do. A lot of people are quick to adjust their own programming when they need to be more patient. So there's so many reasons for accountability purposes, but, um, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I could go on that for days. Yeah, no, it's so true. And like the unbiased eye is fantastic. Cause just like you were alluding to as professionals ourselves we usually want to make changes a little bit too soon where they're like oh yeah didn't lose weight this week yeah no changes and you're like well what what and they're like no just don't and then you 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 drop the next week or whatever it might be and i had the the pleasure of being sponsored by 3dmj in 2016 i believe or 2017 for for a season i worked with brad loomis and uh you know it's just the stuff that works is just so simple. Like it's, it's not sexy. It's just, it's accountability. Right. And it's varying depending on what your goal is, is going to depend on what that accountability looks like. You know, I've trained a handful of, of physique athletes where it's like, you know, it's, you know, just like you were saying, you know, daily check-in daily weights, all this sort of stuff. And then you get somebody that has a little bit of a different goal or they're just at a different place in their life mentally and physically. And it's like, you know, weekly check-ins or it might be monthly measurements because they don't need to worry about that stuff on such a minute scale because it causes stress. And it's so important to have that experience to be able to know how and when to implement certain things. I, I, this is why, and this is not like shitting on um, avatar nutrition, but that's like a, um, what is even the word? Like when it's like a, it's an auto-regulated or auto-respond. It's, it's a robot. Yeah, it's like a robot. A, it's like an algorithm. Yeah, exactly. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. It's an algorithm. Um, and there's other companies that are coming out with training uh, templates this way. They're coming out with nutrition templates this way. It calculates things. I think it can work to an extent, but for the most part, people need individuality, man. People want a response. People want, like, like you just said, some people, if they stepped on the scale every day, they would have so much stress and anxiety that they would never lose result or they would never get lose weight and get results because their cortisol would be through the roof constantly. You'd have stress out the world. You'd get no sleep. You're just pissed off all the time. Like it just wouldn't work. Even once a week is sometimes too much for people, but an algorithm can't adjust to those things. And I think that's the, one of the biggest powers of coaching as well. Totally. And I think that those things are going to work, right? Cause there's going to be people that don't need a lot of accountability. Yeah. They just, are pretty much could do it themselves. And I think that those are the types of tools that'll work with those people. But what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, I use the saying, if you throw enough darts at a dartboard, you're going to hit a bullseye. So when you are putting out a template to 10,000 people, you're, you're probably going to get like a hundred really good success stories. Yeah. And then those hundred success stories allow you to promote the shit out of that product because you've shown that it works, but there's still, you know, the remainder of those people that didn't get the results that they were looking for, or they needed more individuality. And it's, you know, kind of the way I look at it is working with people that are training for a physique sport is incredibly easy. Training somebody and working with somebody that is just trying to improve their health 
because maybe they screwed themselves up with dieting in the past or you know they have got some deep rooted issues that they quite aren't ready to deal with or you know they've got disordered eating habits that's when coaching happens somebody that you give a set of macros and they follow it a hundred percent of the time and you know in six weeks you need to you know drop their calories by 200 and they go and they're they're shredded in 16 or 20 weeks like that shit's easy like that like a calculator can do that for them but it's the other 99 percent of people that need our help that that's where that's where the magic happens that's when you need to actually you know be a coach yeah and the, and the thing is too is like physique athletes are obsessed with training and nutrition <laughs> so we can and it's the same reason why i'm probably the easiest person to coach i have a gym in my garage i i can measure everything i eat i control everything i eat like it's it's very easy to coach me because i'm obsessed with this stuff um but i built my brand off like the very large portion of who we work with is not physique athletes. I do have some competitors right now, but that's not the bulk of what we do. Um, and I think it's, I think partially because that's who I feel for most because that's who I used to be. I used to be somebody who I actually didn't like training. I was embarrassed to go to the gym. I was nervous to go to the gym. I didn't like healthy food. I ate junk food all the time. I grew up that way. And even went into my adulthood, I was still that way. So for me, I know what it's like to have to actually learn how to like those things. Um, and I built probably an obsession around it, but, um, because I do love training and everything, but I think it's important for people to know that, um, something, uh, that you made me think about, I have to say is something I took from Martin Rooney a long time ago is he would always like distinguish the difference between a coach and a trainer, right? And like what you were kind of alluding to is like, the difference between a coach and a trainer. And he was saying like a coach, I don't remember what culture it was in. Maybe it was uh, Spanish or like Spain or something like that. But basically coach is a carriage that gets you from point A to point B. If you look at a coach purse, that's their logo, right? Um, well, that's what an actual coach is. That's what the word stems from. A coach gets you from point A to point B by any means necessary. So sometimes that means stepping out of your scope of practice. And I know that sounds bad, But what I mean by that is if somebody's mentally struggling, don't prescribe them new macros. Talk to them about meditation, stress management, what's going on in their personal life if they want to talk about it. Like be that resource because that's what a coach does and that's what's going to get them from point A to point B. As a trainer, they just count reps. When you leave the door, they're done. So I think that's really, really important for people, whether you're a coach listening to think of or a client looking for a coach. Like those are the kind of things you need to look out for. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And uh, actually one thing that I really want to do is I want to take my, my whole team down to uh, one of Martin's uh, coaching greatness seminars, just because I think that he's, he's fantastic. And his outlook on coaching is, I truly, truly believe in that. And I really want to, you know, ingrain that more throughout, throughout my team as well. Highly recommend that seminar. I've been like three times now. He was really good friends with Lucas. So I used to see him all the time and even have a private conversation with him. And the crazy thing is that guy is just as motivated when he's not in front of people as, as when he is, but I highly recommend that. Um, and I think, dude, that just says a lot about you, to be honest with you, taking your team. Um, I'm, I do as much as I can now that I'm building a team to be able to educate them, sending them books, doing different things with them. They're all coming to Seattle soon. So we're going to do a big thing. Um, I'm actually trying to figure out a way to get them at the next mastermind if I can, because I think they could learn from that of how they can be a bigger figure in my team and do whatever I can to help them grow. So um, kudos to you for that, man. Totally. And I think it's, it shows kind of so much, so much character, somebody that is willing to help the people that they work with and people that work for them that like, we care about them growing in, in any means necessary. Like we just had two coaches leave and it's, you know, I, I support them leaving. Like they're at a point in time where it's ready for them to take that next step. And I support them because I would almost be handcuffing them by them continuing to work for me. So yeah. it's, you know, it's shows a lot of character on your behalf wanting to do that as well. Yeah, man. I'm, and I've, I went through that same exact thing going into the online business. I had to separate and it was tough because that dude was like a big brother to me. You know what I mean? And it, it's, it's hard. It's bittersweet, but same thing. Like they give you full, like uh, just appreciation for doing it. And, and they're like, dude, spread your wings. You, you, like most people see it coming kind of thing too. And I'm sure like you kind of can build up, like these people are going to do something bigger and that's fine. Right. But it's, it's, it's definitely, it's not right to try to hold people back. Totally. I couldn't agree more. So I don't got any fancy questions to kind of round out my podcast like you do, but uh, if you could leave, leave us with kind of maybe three unconventional tips that uh, you'd like people to kind of take away from this when they're looking at kind of like lifelong and effortless weight, effortless weight loss. Oh, okay. Um, 
first one would be uh, consider the four pillars of your life. So um, your body, your, your mental, your mindset, your state of mind, your spirituality, your emotional side, everything about yourself personally, um, your relationships, uh, family, friends, spouse, coworkers, anything, and then your business. Like those are the four pillars of power, I call them. Um, and I think everybody listening should, no matter what your goal is, no matter what you're trying to achieve, you should look at everything in those four capacities and you could, should think, if I go down this path or if I do this action, what will it affect the other things? Because you and I probably both know this very well. I shouldn't speak for you, but I can assume we've gone all in on our body and sometimes things can get left behind. And if we go all in on our business, things will get left behind. If we only focus on our relationships, we might get unhealthy and our business might suffer. So it's finding a balance between the four, I think is very important. Um, and what you'll find is if you do that, everything will kind of grow together. So like one big tip is just focus on all those things. Um, second tip is, uh, have a morning routine. I think everybody's more successful in every area of their life. If they have a morning routine, um, I just, I've heard, I, I shouldn't say like I know of studies, but I've heard plenty of research that the brain is very creative in the morning. And I think it's important to, uh, use that potential, like take a hold of that and do as much as you can with it. Um, I'm a big fan of Craig Valentine's work. I'm a big fan of uh, all the wake up warrior guys, all these very, very successful people, Tony Robbins, Rob Deerdeck, like anybody you name, they all have a morning routine. And usually they focus on those four parts. They're their pillars um, within that routine in some capacity. So my second one would definitely be um, have a morning routine. And then the last one would be um, take a journal out and uh, write every single area of your life, everything in your life that you are facing resistance. I think that one of the big reasons people self-sabotage or don't see their true potential or the results they can see is actually because they they're just falling victim to resistance. They're falling instead of pushing into resistance. And sometimes it's because they're not recognizing it. They think it's just that's just how life is. This is just how I am. This, I can't push through that. I can't do that. Uh, but a lot of time, if you can recognize where resistance is showing up in your life, then you can push through it. And if you can push through into the uncomfortable side of resistance, growth potential is, is infinity. It's insane. So those would be my three unorthodox tips. No, that's fantastic. I love it. Um, the first one kind of resonates. Uh, we work with all of our clients on uh, nutrition, mindset, balance, and happiness. And we kind of feel that, you know, we can kind of, as nutrition coaches, we can kind of break in and kind of get in our foot in the door through nutrition. But at the end of the day, we're trying to help them with all of these aspects of their life because we want our clients to live kind of the best life possible. And uh, you can't, you don't want to achieve one at the expense of others because, you know, if we're talking about pillars, you know, then the, then the structure is going to collapse if, if one's lacking. So, you know, you're not going to be able to achieve optimal nutrition if, you know, you're, you're completely, you know, no balance and you might feel good for a short period of time, but, but then you're going to feel like shit afterwards. So I love that one. And I always say too, like I used to actually have, like, I still have a bunch of them, but I have my boom, boom, form shirts. And on the back, it says your body is the path to power. And the reason I say that is because I believe the first pillar you should attack is actually your body physically. And I'm biased because I'm a fitness and nutrition coach. But um, the way I look at it is, is when you change your body physically, I went through a 50 pound weight loss transformation and it completely changed my life. But the reason it changed my life is because I got fit and because I got fit, I had more energy, I had more positivity, I had more confidence. And those are all mental things. My mindset changed. When my mindset changed, all of a sudden my relationships started changing and everybody appreciated me more. I appreciated them more. There was more gratitude. I had more loving relationships, more open-ended relationships. When I had all those pieces together, my business took off because I had more clarity on life. So I always tell people, like, if you attack your body, it's only a matter of time before all the pillars kind of build up. So um, 100% agree, but I just wanted to add that little bit to it. No, that's fantastic. I couldn't agree more with you. Um, just once again, I want to thank you so much for, for coming on the show today. It was fantastic. Hopefully we can have you on again. There's a, there's a handful of questions that we didn't quite get to that I thought we might have time for. So thank you again. That was awesome having you on. Absolutely, man. It's my pleasure. All right, guys, that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show today. A couple quick announcements before I let you go. First and foremost, I just want to encourage you to check out the products I have in the description. First one is the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is a very cheap guide to literally mastering your diet. That's why it's called the All-Inclusive Guide to Mastering Your Diet. It's gonna teach you exactly what and how to manage your calories, your macros, your meal timing, your supplements, your micronutrients, literally everything you need to know about dieting and nutrition and how to change your body composition through nutrition is included in this book. Not just to get your results, but to actually teach you how to get those results along the way. 
The next thing is gonna be functional muscle, which is my first and right now my biggest product out there. This is the program that is based on years and years and years of functional training with tons of clients. So whether your goal is strength, fat loss, or muscle gain, you should be strength training towards these goals while prioritizing functional movement patterns to make sure that you are avoiding any injuries along the way. That's exactly what this program does and it's great because it guides you through the process, it changes throughout the process, and it gives you demonstrations and explanations about everything you're doing so you never get confused and you always have a solution. You also get access into the Boom Boom Performance Podcast Forum. That is the only way into the forum and that's where you can ask me literally anything about anything and I will help guide you through the process. Last thing I want to mention, guys, is if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, that would be fantastic because it literally is one of the biggest and best ways for me to grow in the iTunes charts. Oh, yeah, and real quick, if you're not subscribed, hit the damn subscribe button because I constantly bust out content for you guys, and I spent a lot of time and effort making sure that you guys can get better results for free by simply listening to this podcast. All right, guys, I'll catch you next time.